Being a chef means keeping your cool in the kitchen. And with Resi Priority Notify and Global Dining Access through my Amex Platinum card, right this way, it's nice to try someone else's food for a change. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at First, first Listen. listen. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. With new segments, correspondence, and a new sound. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Dura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge Podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here and this season takes it to a whole new level old school legends modern power players and ex-lovers are all competing in cape town south africa for the prize of three hundred thousand dollars and we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast listen to mtv's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app apple podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts Welcome back, everybody. It's the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Fantasy Football Podcast brought to you by Reality Sports Online. I'm your host, Scott Bogman. Follow me on the Twitter at Bogman Sports. Joined, as always, by the incomparable Pat Fitzmorris at Fitz underscore FF. Fitzy, it's a, it's a family show today. Just you and me. We're going to be answering some listener questions that you called upon for on Twitter the other day. But uh, how was your weekend and how... Um, how are you liking how the Packers are looking and uh, anything, any other uh, takes from the preseason here? Oh, it was good, buddy. Uh, yeah. So, man, it seems like every night now, every day there are podcasts, every night there are podcasts, every day and night there are drafts. It's like every day I have to reorient myself and look at the calendar. Like, what do I have? Oh, auction, podcast. So it's just the crazy time of year. And think about it, man, for, for redraft, like we're getting – I think probably over half the home league drafts are probably in the next 10 days, right? Like this is, <laughs> yeah. this is peak home draft season. I think like, you know, probably 75% of them are in the books by Labor Day weekend. And it's like, we prep for this all year, man. And it's all kind of coming down. So, uh, but I'm, I'm fired up about it and I'm fired up about this show box. Like I put out the uh, bat signal for questions, dynasty questions, man, we got some good ones. Yeah, and, uh, I'm I'm fired up to dig in because like this is, you know, we, we talk about the players we want to talk about and everything all season. But like this is what's on the people's minds. Pointed so, questions. Yeah, exactly. Questions. And we got some great questions. So shout out in advance to all the people whose questions are going to be read today. Uh, they knocked it out of the park. Yes, thank you uh, for sending in your suggestions on questions. Uh, we have 12 of them here to answer. But before we dive in, I got to tell you guys about some stuff we have going on over here at Fantasy Pros. We have a giveaway for a Christian Watson autograph jersey we're doing right now. All you need to do is subscribe to our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash fantasypros. Take a screenshot, submit it to fantasypros.com slash contest. That's fantasypros.com slash contest. And you are entered in to win. Do it as soon as possible because this ends at the end of August and that is rapidly approaching. Uh, the season is almost here. So uh, get on it. And speaking of our YouTube, 
Uh, this podcast is also available on our YouTube channel along with all of our other podcasts, quick hitting videos, live streams. Subscribe if you like our content because it really helps us out. Click the bell to get notified of our latest content so you don't miss out on anything here. So, Fitz, we're going to run through these questions. The first one that we have here is from our guy, David E., and he says, if you could take your 2023 second or 2023 third and flip it for a player that you think another owner may accept, who would that player be? One choice at wide receiver, one choice at RB. I like the – these are very pointed, you know. I, I like that question. So what do you like in terms of, you know, the – the picks are always worth more now than when you get to the draft. Almost always. I guess I shouldn't say always, but it's the what's behind door number two, you know, behind what is established or what we've seen. But the thing is, is that guys coming into the NFL aren't finished products. No player comes into the NFL as a finished product. So it may take a year, two years, three years to develop a player so I think that's what we're looking at fits here. We're looking for a guy whose value is low now that during the season could, you know, pole vault. Who are those guys for you that you would trade a future pick for? Yeah. Uh, David E like knocked it out of the park with this question. Cause like I had to put more thought into this one than I think any of the other ones, because not only as you mentioned, Boggs, like how we value those picks now, especially with what we know to be, uh, what we think is going to be a super class. So number one, it has to be someone like we want more than this unknown second rounder or third rounders, like someone we're excited about, yet someone who is attainable. Um, so not many guys fit that list. And I kind of had to ponder this. So like, let's say we're talking about somewhere in the later part of the second round, maybe early part of the third round. Okay. Um, at running back, one guy I thought of was maybe Ramondre Stevenson, like for a mid-second rounder. Um, you know, those picks are going to be valuable next year. And Stevenson is certainly a guy who could have value this year. Um, I think a mid-second for Ramondre C Stevenson is pretty fair. Like, I don't know if anyone is really uh, chomping at the bit to get rid of Ramondre right now since he's... There's a little some, buzzy. There's, yeah, definitely some buzz about him. That's one. If we get into the third round, I don't know. Would you give up? What would you want? Like 301 in next year's draft or Michael Carter? Mm, I think I would want Michael Carter because I think when you get down to the third round, there's not um, there's usually not that value. I mean, sometimes there is when you guys draft immediately after the NFL draft happens. It does prevent it does present value for players. Uh, I did talk to someone on our stages uh, this week for my, for uh, my AMA and um, someone said, we have a rookie draft coming up. And I said, wait a minute, you haven't done your rookie draft yet. He said, no, we always wait. And I said, God bless you. I think you're the only one that I've ever heard of that waits. Um, so, but I think Carter, you know, uh, right now he looks like the lead back with the jets. Now we both, you and I both fit. So I'll, I'll speak for you in this. Don't project you him may. to be the lead back uh, by the end of the season. We do think he'll be two, but two in a system like this, a Shanahan Lafleur type of uh, running system where these guys are going to use two backs is a very valuable piece. So I think Michael Carter is almost a perfect pull for one of those types of trades because I do think in certain scenarios you can get that done. 
Yeah, and um, it is kind of nice that, uh, you know, Sala and the rest of the Jets staff are showing sort of this veteran deference to Carter, even though he's only played one year in the league, that they uh, like what he did for them enough that, and and that's a guy I would have had a lot of this year, I think, in redraft, had he not, uh, you know, been suddenly relegated to backup, or at least we think he's going to be a backup behind Brees Hall. But, like, Carter still has dynasty value because he's got that nice, versatile skill set. Like, at worst, I think he turns into a Naheem Hines type. Um, and, uh, like, who what knows? What do you think about CEH, Fitz? Do you, do you think CEH would be gettable with that, maybe that second rounder? Um, you and, you know, it. it's the third year. Sometimes we see that turnaround in the third year, and that's a good offense to have a piece of. If I'm the guy holding CEH and you're offering me a two in the 2023 draft, we have a deal. I'll take okay. that. I'll take that pick and give you CEH because you know I'm not a big CEH guy, so uh, it, I happily just, take that pick. But that's the kind of player we're talking yeah, about. You yeah, know, uh, that's Carter, a good one. CEH, you know, someone whose value is low that there's not a lot of perceived value on, especially when smart minds like Fitz are saying, "I don't even want that guy." for a future second rounder, um, you know, the, it, it's a possibility. Now that's a gamble. You probably have to be pretty set at everything else to, to take a gamble like that. Yeah. But now tell um, me Boggs for, for wide receiver. Let me, mm-hmm. let me give you three wide receivers and you tell me approximately what pick in the 2023 rookie draft you would be willing to part with for any of these guys. Okay. Christ, Christian Kirk. I th- it, 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 you you would have to give me at least a second to get Christian Kirk right now, um, so I think a two would get that deal done. So, yeah, like a, a mid a mid second rounder. I mean, yeah, mid mid to late. Uh, you know, the yeah. earlier you're picking in that second round, because this is supposed to be a good draft class here that we have sure. coming up. Now things happen. It doesn't always break the way that we think. You know, injuries could happen. Bad play can happen. I mean. You know, this time last season, Fitz, Spencer Rattler was at the number one spot of everybody's boards. And right now it's CJ Stroud and and uh, Bryce Young, and we expect those guys to stick. B. John Robinson at running back. You know, um, a lot of good wideouts next year. Ja- Jackson Smith and Jigba being number one on most people's boards at this point. But, um, you know, so many QBs, too, in a super flex. Um, yeah, I think maybe not early second, but mid-second, I would do that deal. What about Rondale Moore? I don't want Rondale Moore. Uh, I, yeah. I, he, I know he's your guy and he's fine. Um, but we're talking undersized guy in a Cardinals offense that spreads it wide and constantly has a bunch of wideouts. And there are Hopkins and Brown and and Ertz are just ahead of him in the pecking order. And I think Trey McBride will be ahead of him in the pecking order next year as well. He's got a chance, so a third isn't bad. But I don't think I would do it. Yeah, like I like him enough where I think I'd deal like a 302 or 303 for him. Um, but of course, you don't know where you're picking before the season. So it's it's hard to pin that spot down. But um, I, I guess I would give up a third for him, but not a second. What about Calvin Ridley? A third? We've talked about him a little bit. Um, yeah, a, a third, a, a third at best. You know, yeah. because I'm not we talked about this, Fitz. I'm not wholly convinced he is in love with football and wants right. to play again. Right. So, you know, he obviously left um, uh, the Falcons middle of the year last year. Then he had the big blunder, the gambling thing, which is just, you know, I know people don't like the punishment that think it's unfair. But the only thing that can ruin the NFL is finding out that it's fixed. That's it. 
That's the yeah. only thing that can ruin it. So you get a whiff of any impropriety, anything like that. And, and guys, they tell these guys, they hit them over the head with it. Do not gamble. You don't gamble. It's the, the most sacred rule of all of it. You know, you don't gamble because that's the only thing that can bring the NFL down. So, uh, yeah, um, I'm just not sure. I'm not sure I want to be acquiring him, but I think a three is fair. Like a two would probably be fair. The guy is so talented. Uh, he's very, very, um, good wide receiver, but he's a little long in the tooth. There's questions about his passion. I don't know. I probably wouldn't want to mess with Calvin Ridley overall. Yeah. So tough to, tough to pin down that value, but, uh, David E great question. Great question, David. We go on uh, to Stephen C. He says, I'm RB needy in my one QB full PPR dynasty league. My top guys are Javante Williams and Chase Edmonds. A guy is offering me Nick Chubb for Terry McLaurin and DeAndre Hopkins. I have Justin Jefferson, Debo Samuel, Michael Thomas, Jalen Waddle, Marquise Brown, and Rashad Bateman. Do I trade for the 26-year-old non-third down RB or draft Cook or Damian Pierce from the 10 spot? What do you think on this one, Fitzy? Yeah, uh, no way am I making that trade because you are in a vacuum. You're just giving up too much. And I know that sometimes the temptation when you are overloaded at a position and he is stacked at wide receiver. Yes, yeah. but I still do not want to give up a big net loss. Like I think McLaurin for Chubb is almost pretty fair. That's and, fair to me too. And to have yeah. to throw in Hopkins who might have another couple of years of, of, you know, at least wide receiver two production. Um, I don't know. I think that's just too much. So I would uh, bite the bullet here and draft either Cook or Pierce. And by the way, Boggs, if if there are rookie drafts being held now, is Pierce pretty squarely in the first round? Yeah, I think so. I think specifically with specifically with the scarcity of running backs out of this class, right? We have the top two guys who are still top two. I know uh, Walker's a little bit banged up, uh, and Brees Hall, you know, doesn't look like the lock that he was coming in. But there's still because you don't have other, you know, many other backs. Uh, I think they're one and two. Brian Robinson also moved up a lot. Um, Tyler Algier has moved up a lot, but Damian Pierce, I mean. You know, to hear Levy Smith say that Damian Pierce doesn't need to play because I know what I have in him. And then Marlon Mack and Rex Burkhead, these multi-year vets are playing instead of him, just solidify to me that he's the number one running back for them. So yeah. um, I think it's pretty easy. He's in that that first spot. Who are you taking? Round. Who are you taking first, Pierce or Cook? Oh man. I know I still like Cook one. better. I still like cook better. So I think it's still cook for me overall. I just think that, um, you know, and we saw he had a little flash in the most recent preseason game. It's going to be muddy this year, but your best player eventually is going to get on the field. And in that backfield between Singletary cook and Moss, it's just not close to me that James cook is the, the best running back of the bunch. Um, is he a guy that can take 20 to 25 touches a game? no, so someone else is going to have to be sprinkled in, but he's a big splash play guy. So if he's getting 15 touches, I'm going to trust that one of those is for a big play or one of those is for a touchdown. So for me, it's still going to be James Cook because Pierce is more of a grinder. The offense is so much better long-term in Buffalo than it is in Houston too. So still Cook slightly for me there. Yeah, I'm uh, with you, man. It's close to a coin flip for me, but um, I agree. I I'm, took a little higher. I don't hate the deal as much as you do here. Um, I would say that you are, this is not, it's slightly unfair, but 
you know, because you're stacked at wide receiver, I think this is a doable trade. Um, probably like I'm at least squeezing a rookie pick out back. You know, I'm trying to get a second. You're not going to get a first trying to get a second. I'm trying to get a third. I'm trying to get whatever a defense, a kicker. Like if he has Justin Tucker or, you know, the Patriots defense or something good, I'm squeezing something else out because when you have a deal like this in place, the guy that is uh, dealing for McLaurin and Hopkins, he's not going to let a second or third round pick hold up this deal. You know, so for me, I'm at least squeezing a little bit more out is what I'd say. Uh, but I, the, the idea of dealing out of your, um, your strength is very smart, uh, Steven. So I, I, I would say a deal like this, maybe not this deal specifically. Um, the next question here, Fitzy, is from our buddy Sinful on Twitter. Some of these names are fantastic. I love this one. Um, and it's just very simple. Who are the receivers to own in Cleveland? David Bell, next question. No, uh, so <laughs> that is a, that's my choice. That's my guy. You know, I like David Bell a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I think he could be, you know, poor man's Anquan Bolden. Um, but it's funny, like, I mean, geez, could you get a, uh, could you get Amari Cooper for a, a late second in 2023 drafts? Not like Amari Cooper's stock has, has dropped so far. That I'm almost like kind of interested if if someone's selling and my championship sure. window is open, like if I can get him for some sort of, you know, non-first round pick next year. And I know maybe, you know, since I am a contender, that second round pick I'm giving up is not going to be in the top half of the second round unless things go absolutely haywire for my team. Um, I do that, you know, like uh, there's a, a reasonable price for everyone. And Man, Cooper's Cooper's price has really dropped. So that's kind of it. I'm not a Donovan Peoples Jones guy. I mean, I've got Anthony Schwartz on my main dynasty team, but he's probably <laughs> like, you know, if I have to cut someone to make room for someone else, he's a kick Schwartz returner. is probably yeah, the next yeah. man up for me. He's fast, but we don't know if he can really play. So Schwartz could develop into something, but he's a he's a long term project because he has Olympic level speed, right? He's unbelievably yeah. fast, but nothing else really comes natural to him. So, uh, you know, the, the, the traits are there. He needs to be reined in a little bit. DPJ has size, but on most teams, he's your third or fourth wide receiver. Uh, Cooper, like you said, is a value. Uh, David Bell is probably being a little underdrafted right now. So he's probably a solid value as well. But I think realistically, the answer for this season is nobody. I don't want anyone attached to Jacoby Brissett, you know, maybe Cooper. Um, but I don't want DPJ for 11 games with Brissett or Jimmy G or whoever it is. Um, you know, I don't like Njoku. I think the pieces to own in this offense are probably Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. And that's it. You know, Co- Cooper's fine. Like you said, Cooper's also okay. But um, just long term, maybe David Bell with a good QB. I'm not convinced that Sean Watson is a long term answer, though. Uh, uh, because who knows with him. Uh, so the next question that we have here, Fitzy is from a guy, dang Irving. And that's not a mistype. It is dang. And dang has to say when going into a super flex startup, how important is the factor of age versus proven ability on pick eight and struggling to figure, uh, uh what I should take here. I know I should draft two QBs in the first four rounds, but this startup is really pushing me. So, um, what do you think? Let, let, let's break this down first. 
Um, age versus ability here, Fitz. Uh, what do you think of that just overall and overarching? So my general startup strategy, Boggs, is to try to win in year two, basically. Like I want a combination mm-hmm. with my top guys. I want some combination of youth and proven ability. Um, so, yeah, so he's picking number eight. And the guys who might fit that description, who could be available at eight, probably not all these guys, but some should be available. Uh, Joe Burrow, Kyler Murray, if you're you know pushing the, the quarterback uh, value and and wouldn't feel comfortable taking a non-quarterback. I think those two, one of those two guys should be there at eight. And um, otherwise, uh, certainly Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson. Like, I'd, yeah. be, I'd, I'd be fine with either of those guys at, at number eight. For me, I've got my top three QBs first at, in Allen Mahomes and Jackson. Then I've got uh, JT at four. Then I have Chase and Jefferson then Herbert and Burrow is actually my eighth pick as well. Uh, then McCaffrey and Harris and Pitts in there as well. So um, I think most of the time, like you said, dang, I want I want a QB. So if Burrow is there, Burrow is probably going to be my guy. If somehow Herbert fell, you know, if you get a run of a couple RBs and those two top wide receivers and Jefferson and Chase going as well, there's a possibility maybe Herbert falls to you in a super flex uh, as doubtful as it is, that would be probably an Insta pick for me uh, at that spot. Um, and in terms of age versus proven ability, I mean, see it on the field. You know what I mean? Like there's all kinds of upside is specifically on rookies. Uh, but there's also, there's many rookies, you know, you don't just have to take the very top one. Uh, th- this year is one, this this is a class in 2022 that offers us offers us some depth. So uh, you know, I, I think that you can wait on some youth and pick up some youth later. Uh, get guys that you've seen do it before first is what I would say, and then uh, aim for that upside a little bit later. I have no issue. Like in, in a dynasty startup, fits guys will fall too far. Adam Thielen's going to fall too far in your draft. George Kittle gonna fall too far kelsey might even do it because he's long in the tooth so i love taking advantage of uh the older the elder statesman dropping you know i mean there's guys that you know i kind of question i think the biggest one is the one we talked about in the last question though uh hopkins fits what are you doing with hopkins in dynasty right now because you know he's suspended because he needed the steroids to recover from this injury. And, you know, he's trying to shorten it, trying to get away with it. He got clipped and now he's going to miss six games. But also I think it tells you more about um, where he is in his career having to do the steroids, right? I'm holding. There's not much you can do. Um, Yeah. You know, like you're not going to get much for him. Um, What about startup? Where are you taking him in a startup? Oh, man. Um, I'm probably not thinking about him in like the first 10 rounds, honestly. Like I'm I'm trying to stock with other things. But you make a good point about um, like one of the easiest things to do is win a dynasty league in year one or at least get yourself in great position because everyone is going to be angling for youth. And like you said, you can go in there and scoop up Kelsey and Thielen and all these guys on the cheap and and get them at, uh, you know, still reasonable values without stupidly overpaying 
Yeah, exactly. So just just keep that in mind uh, as you're drafting. Some of them older guys are going to start to slip and fall, and you don't want to be stuck with you know uh, a team that uh, hovers around my age range. But uh, you know you're probably not going to do that anyway. So before we go to the next question, I got to tell you guys about Reality Sports Online, and by now most of you have probably heard about Reality Sports Online, the powerful fantasy sports platform where owners get to build and manage their dynasty team like an NFL manager. But the question is, have you tried it? It's time to go see what all the buzz in the dynasty community is about. Free agency, multi-year contracts, rookie draft, multi-team trades, franchise tags, contract extensions, first-round rookie options, automated contracts, and salary cap functionality, and much, much more. Think it sounds complicated. It's not. The best thing about Reality Sports Online Fantasy Front Office is that it doesn't take any more time than a standard league. It just requires more strategy. That's it. Think you're among the fantasy elite? Well, this is the platform to test your metal. Still not sure? You can test your general manager skills for a free FRWE in a mock free agency auction today. If you like what you see, use the promo code FANTASYPROS to receive a 10% discount on your team or league today. Fantasy just got real at realitysportsonline.com. We go over to our buddy Zach here. And Zach asked us, uh, how would you rank the top rookie wide receivers for Dynasty after two weeks of the preseason? Do you have any changes from before? So, Fitz, have you made any drastic changes in your uh, wide receiver rankings? Yeah, so this is a fascinating question. Um, I don't think the upper reaches are changing too much. I can't remember where I had. The the big movers, I think, are Traylon Burks down, uh, George Pickens up. Like, those are the main ones. So for me right now, it would be Drake London, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, Garrett Wilson, Jahan Dotson, uh, and then probably Pickens right after Dotson. Sky Moore and Burks. And maybe maybe Sky is a little low for you, Boggs. He was a guy who would have been willing to move up, but you know, not encouraging that he's not really getting any reps with the ones in preseason. Might just be one of those veteran deference things, make the rookie earn it. Um, but you know, like that's kind of where Sky Moore was for me before. I haven't really changed my opinion of him. Uh, like, I'm a little worried about Burks. You know what I mean? I, I probably would have taken him as early as 104 in some drafts. I got him at 111 in my uh, favorite home league draft and was just giddy about it at the time. Now I feel like if we redrafted today, 111 is about where he'd go. Yeah, look, I'm not um, Mike Vrabel's a hardo. And when I say that, what I mean is that he is a you are going to have to earn it with your play in practice. Practice matters. Mike Vrabel. He's not a, hey, you know, we, we've seen the film. We know what this guy can do. He doesn't need that many reps. He's not that guy. Uh, he is the guy that says, you earn your spot. He already named Nick Westbrook Aquina the wide receiver two for week one. Is that going to last? Absolutely not. But Traylon Burks was my number two wideout coming in uh, to the season after the draft. And, uh, you know, I'll move him down maybe a little bit. Honestly, though, my my top five was a tier here of Williams, Burks, Wilson, London, and Olave. That is the top tier, and nothing changes that. I still think those guys are the most skilled. I would move Dotson over more. I would move uh, Pickens up just behind um, 
Jahan Dotson, maybe over Jahan Dotson. They would be close to me. Uh, I just wasn't sure how uh, Pickens was going to look this year coming off the ACL and, and being his first camp. And all that. He looks amazing. Um, you know, he looked good in the, in the playoff as well. Um, you know, I think obviously the biggest follower would be John Metchie because of his uh, leukemia, but uh, prayers up and let's hope that he is back for next season. Cause I still like him a lot. Um, but really it's like the back end, uh, moving it is, you know, maybe Tolbert has to be a little bit down. Alec Pierce has to come up a little bit. Um, you know, Tyquan Thornton looked good before his collarbone injury. Romeo dubs probably has mm, to move ahead of guys like sure. David bell. What do you think dubs or Wandell Robinson? I think I still have Robinson, but it's that's close. I'd rather have dubs. Okay. Dubs. Dobbs, 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 how do you say his name? Yeah, so I think I would rather have Dobbs just because, you know, uh, team small receiver. We talked about this, the track (laughs) record of guys under 5'9", not real illustrious. Um, So, yeah, Dobbs would be a guy who'd have to come up. I mean, hell, we'd probably have to draft Lance McCutcheon somewhere, right? At least a fourth (laughs) rounder. Um, Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to move him up that high. You you know, I, I know they got the Victor Cruz stuff but there's too many wide receivers in LA for him to to last probably, I think probably. so uh not I mean look Atlanta needs wide receivers Houston needs wide receivers there's teams that could use them for sure uh what about Khalil Shakir because it sounds like Isaiah McKenzie is in play for that number three job here to, what do you do with your boy Khalil Shakir here Fitz? so he is uh Boggs, but apparently they are starting to give Shakir some snaps on the outside because they realize they've got uh, a glut of slot receivers and really no dependable backup on the outside for Diggs and Gabe Davis. So um, that, you know, fascinates me. And Shakir has balled out the preseason. So, yeah, he's been good. Yeah. If anything, I'm feeling, you know, even better about him now than I was going in. Um, You know, the, the Isaiah McKenzie love notwithstanding, like, I think McKenzie and Shakir could both be valuable. What it does is just basically kills Jamison Crowder, I think, which yeah, you know, I was never kind of a, a Jamison Crowder fan to begin with. So uh, that's fine with me to, to get him out of the way. But yeah, man, Crowder like- won me plenty of PPR leagues, man. You know, being a uh, wide receiver two that you could draft as a wide receiver four and fill in for your bye weeks or injuries. God, was he he was a, good. Wait, 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 was he ever a wide receiver two though? I feel like, you know, peak, Jamison Crowder was like seven in PPR when he's getting like 75 catches and stuff like that. You know, I mean, he's annoyingly useful. Like, you know, there was never like, you know, he never had crazy upside. Like, you know, he never had the upside of like Jahan Dotson right now or anything like that, but he was very solid for a while. So he was also with some bad QBs with the Jets. He was. So he was, uh, you know, uh, to, to, I, I wouldn't say that he ever got a real fair shake with a good QB. It's kind of like we talked about DJ Chark, the QBs that that dude has played with. It's been Bortles and Minshew in the first three games of Trevor Lawrence's career. So Jared Goff is an enormous upgrade, you know, so having Josh Allen, you think would make him better, but just a little too long in the two, four. I also, I also think Crowder was saddled with Kirk cousins in Washington for uh, at least. That's right. I even forgot he was in Washington (laughs) for, to be honest with you. So, and that, yeah, early Kirk cousins was a rough Kirk cousins much better now. Uh, obviously uh, the next question is from our buddy Al G's. I love these names, man. Um, he says, I'm in a startup dynasty super flex league for the first time, 12 teams. What's an ideal start. If you're picking 
four overall? Would you hit QB in the first two rounds or is that too aggressive? We start three wide receivers as well, trying to figure out what positions to prioritize. Uh, Fitz, you know my take on this, and it's never going to change. In a super flex league, everybody wants three QBs, right? You want two starters. You want a guy for bye weeks and injuries. That's 36 QBs. There ain't 36 QBs in the NFL that start on a week-to-week basis. So you got to get hit those QBs early and often. If I'm sitting at pick number four, I'm taking one of my top four quarterbacks. That's uh, it's fairly simple for me. I Maybe if QBs don't go early and, you know, for whatever reason, it's like, you know, Chase Jefferson QB and you're sitting there with Jonathan Taylor, I'd entertain that. Uh, if JT goes and you're sitting with one of the wide receivers, I would entertain that. But for me, it's the simple math and the simple math is draft QBs early and often. Correct. Yeah. Um, so I would probably personally lean burrow here. Cause I, I am definitely above everyone else on burrow. I just, I think the guy's a stud and, um, I'm guessing you have him over Herbert. I do. I do. Okay. Um, so I, I just like, I think Herbert's good, but it, it kind of bothers me a little bit that his YPAs have been kind of pedestrian. The first, I won't say pedestrian 7.3 and 7.5, not, not bad, but, um, like, I just wonder how much of it is volume related and like he's, he's been, I think, um, you know, ninth and second in pass attempts his first two years or whatever. Like what happens if that defense, all of a sudden is just lights out this year, which it could be. I mean, they've got good Lord. They've got, uh, you know, Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack as their edge rushers. I'm JC uh, Jackson. Yeah. Yeah. Jackson just had surgery, but it's not going to be a major thing. Should be back soon. They they got crazy. Derwin was questionable and they dropped the bag on him. So he, yeah. Derwin and Adderley that like, that's one of the best safety combos in the league. Like this is a tough defense all of a sudden. And like, what if they don't need to throw as much? So whereas Burrow, like I've gone on about that 8.9 YPA from last year that between <laughs> Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers, their entire careers, one season, Aaron Rodgers, uh, with an, a YPA better than 8.9 Brady's never done it. Like Burrow yeah. is the real freaking deal. And he's going to be tied to Jamar chase and T Higgins for a long time. Like there's are good things coming from him. So he's my first guy, but Boggs like, I mean, you could probably talk me to Jonathan Taylor. Uh, yeah. What, about, what yeah. about Kyle Pitts at 104? You know, too early. Yeah, I think it's solve a little your, too early. Solve your tight end position for the next decade with an exclamation point. You know, you know, you should, but let's not forget tight end is a brutal position. You are you're either going up against defensive ends that are too big, or you're racing against uh, linebackers and safeties that are uh, fast. So it, it's it's a hard position. It's rare that a guy finishes a guy that plays as many snaps as like Kelsey or Kittle or uh, Pitts or any of these top end guys that they do play every single game. And if they do play every like Mark Andrews last year was banged up a bunch. So um, I just think the position is a little too brutal to be taking him that early. I'd say like seven, eight is my, my Pitts range. So what are we looking at coming back? Like, I don't, I don't think Trey Lance is is falling to like no, kind of the back not. end there. Trevor Lawrence might. Look, Trevor Lawrence is a good gamble. You know what I mean? He's a very, very good gamble uh, at this point in the draft. Um, would you rather have Trevor Lawrence at uh, like what? I guess that would be 209 or would you rather have mm-hmm. Javante Williams? 
I'd rather have Trevor Lawrence, you know, quarterback. I, I mean, sure. It's the QB thing for me. Like, uh, running backs are hard, you know, that they're hard to, um, to come by, uh, they're, they're hard to draft because like we said in this draft specifically, you know, coming out of it, it's just Hall and Walker and we're definitely over drafting those guys. They're very good backs, but they're not what this top end group of wideouts are to me anyway. Uh, so uh, they're very, very good, but they shouldn't be in that range. But because of the scarcity of RBs, you have to put them up at the top uh, of that draft. Unless you're in super flex, then maybe it's Kenny Pickett at the top and then everybody else. But um, yeah, I think in a super flex draft, um, I'm, I'm just trying to secure my QBs fast. Now, if QBs are sparse in your draft, then you can probably wait on or you get one of those top. Like I have Trey Lance at seven in my QBs uh, for Dynasty. So if he fell back to you, that would be un, an unbelievable get, in my opinion. So, um, you know, I I at least want two QBs in my first three picks, especially sitting there on the end. Because, you know, when you snake back around, unless you're doing the, the third round reversal or whatever, um, I, when you snake back around, you should be able to get somebody good. So uh, for me, it'd be like QB, BPA, QB or you know if if BPA is a QB then I'm hitting running backs. Uh so that that's probably what I would do in most scenarios there. Um uh, did we get that one? Is that all of it? So Yeah, I think okay. that's it. And and like I I think the dilemma for him, I agree that most people are taking the QB there at, at the fourth spot. Yeah. Um, you know depending you you you've got to see what the board looks like cuz quarterback is definitely going to be kind of weird in that spot at the the 209. And maybe you just like do take the best player available, someone like Javante Williams or, or you know, whatever else might be there and come back with like, I don't know, a, a Derek Carr at 304 sure. or someone like, you know, someone more of a veteran who, yeah, like you're not going to get uh, an infinite run with them, but at least they should be solid for the next couple of years and you can figure out something else at quarterback down the road. Our next question is from our guy, Wyatt, and uh, I love this question. Are you buying low on Antonio Gibson as his cost continues to fall? Uh, this is an easy yes for me, Fitz. What do you think about Antonio Gibson? Yeah, uh, my guy, Wyatt, who, uh, you know, not only bought me a beer at the Fantasy Football oh, Expo in Canton, but now is is lobbing me this uh, fat pitch right over the heart of the plate. <laughs> and Because, uh, man, like getting me to take up the sword and shield for Antonio Gibson these days is not hard, man. And like <laughs> everyone else on Fantasy Twitter is is taking up the, the torches and pitchforks, man. Like no love for Antonio Gibson these days. Everyone just wants to freaking bury the guy. But Boggs, we've talked about this, man. Same size and speed as Jonathan Taylor, basically. Uh, pass catching history as a former college wideout. Uh, double digit touchdowns in his first two years. Played with a cracked shin bone, and he just turned 24 years old. And we're going to give up on this guy? Hell no, man. And think oh. about the, the long-term future of this offense. When you have a guy like Gibson, you have McLaurin, you have Watson, uh, hopefully you get a QB that isn't Carson Wentz in this draft or sign someone, you know what I mean? There will be guys available. So uh, I just think we haven't hit the top end. And I think what a lot of people miss on is just the starting job. It's just the starting job. It's just the starting. I want the starter. And look, that makes sense. That should be where your head's at most of the time. But when you look in terms of game script and what they're going to do, 
like just because Brian Robinson is a good running back doesn't mean Antonio Gibson goes away. We saw him returning kicks. We saw him lining up out wide at wide receiver, not a slot guy out wide at wide receiver. The pass was way underthrown by Carson Wentz on his one target, but they're going to find a way to get him the football uh, in this team. And he's still going to get probably close to 15 touches a game, even if Brian Robinson is also getting 15 carries a game. Um, you know, so I've always thought from the jump that McKissick might be the, the odd man out here because you have your thumper in Robinson and you have your third down back in Gibson. So McKissick, maybe he comes in on like, you know, uh, obviously he, he will play in pass catching downs still, but I just don't think he's going to have another 70 catch season with both these guys out there. So, uh, because you do have depth at wide receiver now too, because Gibson's going to play wide out. Uh, Diami Brown is there. Curtis Samuel is healthy ish. I guess now, uh, I think that's the best you could probably get for Curtis Samuel is healthy ish, uh, ever anymore. But, um, you know, Gibson's going to have a role. It's just not going to be the same exact role that he had last year. They're still going to put the ball in his hands. He's still a weapon. Yeah, and Boggs, lest anyone believe that, um, you know, Ron Rivera doesn't like Antonio Gibson or whatever, our guy, Cody Carpentier, uh, was going on a rant about this this past weekend where he's like, <laughs> you're giving up on Antonio Gibson? Are you freaking crazy? And he dug up some old clips of Ron Rivera in press conferences talking about Gibson, talking about him like he was a son. You right. Know? So, like let's not make the mistake of thinking that like Antonio Gibson is on the outs here with Rivera and the staff. Like it's He's just not the not. case. So yeah, I mean, maybe they were punishing him for a fumble, but like, if you're going to quit on a guy with this profile, with this pro and it's not just a profile. It's not like we hope he can become something. The dude's already scored like 21 touchdowns in two years. If I mean, they like, don't believe him, someone uh, if they don't believe him, someone else will and they'll trade for him. Yeah. So, now is now is the time to make offers for Antonio Gibson and Dynasty. Like 100 percent. And I low 100 million percent. If, although it'll be interesting to see if uh, Shane Manila, another friend of the show, checkmates me with that. Uh, that basically the Antonio Gibson for James Cook trade. And then he drafts Brian Robinson in the second round. So he is, <laughs> he is trying to set me up to, to mock me for years to come That's if this funny. all works his way. So we'll uh, see. Well, you know, look, uh, I traded uh, uh, Jose Altuve for Rafael DePaul in a league. OK, so like <laughs> it gets worse is all I'm saying. Um, uh, enjoyer of sports. I love that name. Uh, my team is weak at running back, strong at wide receiver, full PPR. Should I take Walker or London at one point oh two in the rookie draft? What do you think here, Fitz? Um, I'm kind of team Walker anyway, regardless of his team need. Yeah. So it's just you had a rookie class that was fairly deep at wide receiver and not really that deep. Maybe it's a little deeper than we first thought now that it looks like uh, Damian Pierce might be something. And uh, you know, Brian Robinson. Yeah, Brian Robinson. But still, man, like Ken Walker, I'm, I'm not worried about the hernia. I'm not worried about um, how Pete Carroll is going to deploy these guys early <laughs> on, even if Rashad Penny's still the guy. And we did see Penny get drafted in the first round only to be basically you know be on dry ice for a couple of years yeah. uh, so that could happen with walker too but man he's such a good prospect so i'm i'm taking him still here um and if he needs running backs anyway like all the more reason yeah look uh, walker is a horse you know he's a guy that can take that 
300 carries, uh, 300 touches, whatever it is with him. And look, just because he didn't catch the football in college doesn't mean he can't catch the football. You've heard Fitz say this. You've heard me say this. You've heard tons of people say this. Just because a guy didn't get opportunities, the same thing with Zamir White. Zamir White didn't get opportunity to catch the ball because they had James Cook. Doesn't mean he can't do it. It means they had someone to do it. Now, Michigan State, it was more about just the way the offense ran and not throwing the ball to the running backs a lot. Um, you know, he's got to get better at it. I'm not saying he's good at it. I'm just saying it's not something that you just wipe off the table from him. It, like like Sony Michelle, we knew probably wasn't going to be able to catch the ball very well. And he has proven that to be correct in his NFL career. He doesn't catch a lot of footballs, right? So um, there are guys coming out that get this label that it's appropriate. I just don't know that it's appropriate with Walker. It might be, but he just didn't see enough opportunity. So I think he's a three down back. I think Rashad Penny's made a glass. He's never going to be able to stay on the field. Availability is the best ability. I know Walker's banged up right now, but this isn't a long-term uh, injury. So I think he's going to be just fine. So I am all aboard the Walker train here. Just the depth of wide receiver is too good. I mean, you know, look at these wide receivers that we were talking about late Fitzy. I mean, we're talking about Tolbert and Pickens and Pierce uh, going late behind Sky Moore and, and people don't even think about Dotson that much. So um, wide receiver is deep. So I'm taking one of those top two RBs on the board for sure. Yeah, dude, he so, can get Tolbert coming back at like 202. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So just too much depth, especially when you're already good at wide receiver. Um, you know, there will be some years where uh, there will be some years where it just doesn't add up, you know, where the w wide receiver one is too good. Right. Uh, but if I was taking a wide receiver there, it would still be Jamison Williams to me over Drake London at the second spot. Unless that is who's going one. And then I don't know, Walker or Hall. I'm still team Hall. What do you think right now? The second. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. So if Brees Hall is there. Well, we would change the whole thing, but we assume yes. he goes number one. If you are taking a wide receiver, take Jamison Williams. Uh, Douglas Powers, he says, how should you approach your first Superflex startup if you're drafting closer to the back of the first round? 12-team, full PPR. He has pick 11. This is where we get to, to our guy, uh, Kyle Pitts, I think, Fitzy, right? Boggs, my, like the dream start for me in this <laughs> position. And I don't know, like, I don't know which guy you take first. What if you could do, could you get Pitts and Lance here? A Pitts-Lance start. Think oh. of how sweet that would be from the back end. Because I don't think there's the you value to it. go, there's the value to go double quarterback here. Like the guys here at quarterback are going to be like Lance, Deshaun Watson, and uh, probably like Dak Prescott. Yeah. And that's that's um, kind of what you're looking for at the back end at, at quarterback. And like, you might Lance throw Jalen in there. You know, I know people don't like Jalen long term, but Kai is putting up points. Yeah. You hurts know. or hurts or Lance for you right now. Lance, right? Oh, man. Lance guy. Tough call. It's, it's so close. I, I'm, I have hurts ahead, uh, but I have, I mean, I have him one spot ahead. So, um, yeah. Think, no, I actually, think, no, I don't. I'm sorry. My bad. I have Lance. Lance at seven. I have, I have seven, eight, nine. I forgot I moved Lance up that high. Seven for Lance, eight for Prescott, nine for Hurts. So yeah. I do. I have Hurts one spot ahead of Lawrence. That's who I was thinking of. I mean, I think I think Hurts is a better runner. Hurts is a better runner than Lance, but maybe not by that much. And yeah, I, just, I don't know. I think that's close. Yeah, but I think Lance like could be an above average NFL quarterback. And yes. As far as passing, and I don't think Hurts is ever going to be that. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. 
So uh, yeah, it's Lance uh, Lance Pitts. That would be a that'd be a wouldn't that be gross start. Wouldn't that that'd be, be a home so run, good. man? I mean, so if you were sitting, and then there some and- running backs are going to fall because people are going to be taking QBs, especially people that didn't take QBs in round one. So I know you're going to have that long wait after that turn for your three four turn there, but you're going to get some RBs to fall back to you because of the people wanting to take uh, QBs and wide receivers because wide receivers last longer. So I think you're going to get a good fall. If you're trying to do that Pitts-Lance combo and you've got to worry about Team 12 taking mm-hmm. one of those guys off the table, how do you play that? Do you play it Pitts first, then Lance, yeah. or Lance Pitts and then Lance? Pitts, Pitts first and then Lance because like as much as uh, I want a QB, and I do, and I'm more than okay taking QBs, uh, you know, if Pitts goes, and you're sitting there like, well, what the hell do I do now? Take two QBs. I'm all about it. You know, uh, Lance and Lawrence or something like that would be an insane start. Or, yeah, or you want d- or like Dak high at floor. Yeah. or whatever. Sure. Yeah. High floor with Dak as well could be good. Uh, so, uh, but, I, you know, there's no one who else is in Pitts' category. It's Pitts and then Andrews and then nobody, you know, right? because uh, Kelsey's so old, Kittle's so old in terms of, you know, the NFL career and, for that position of tight end. Um, yeah. So I think that it's pits by a wide margin at that one spot for tight end at dynasty. Yeah. So. We got to, we got to wait for Michael Mayer and uh, Brock. Uh, what's his name from Georgia? Yeah. So the, the cavalry <laughs> the Bowers. Bowers, the cavalry is coming at tight end, but uh, not just yet. Yeah. Yeah. Bowers is a couple years away too. Uh, Chad G says, uh, how much do you prioritize your third QB in Superflex? Uh, very high for me. Obviously it's all it, not just for the depth also for the trade commodity of it. And, and like, if, especially if you have deep benches, there fits, I'm taking a third QB early. I'm taking a fourth QB. Like if you can get Willis late or corral now that he's hurt, uh, is off of everybody's mind. You know, if I can get a, a QB late as well, uh, because they hold so much trade value because of the scarcity of that position, specifically in anything 12 or bigger, right? Exactly. Yeah, I want one for sure. Uh, you know, we know it's a musical chairs game with uh, <laughs> 32 teams, 32 starting spots, 12 team league. You know, that's uh, everyone gets two. And then three more teams get one. Although, you know, you've <laughs> always got the situations like, uh, you know, Mariota Ritter, uh, Trubisky um, and Pickett. So, yeah, it's always uh, fun to play that. But I know like I've got two quarterbacks in my home dynasty league where I have lost in the championship the last two years. Right now, I've only got Kyler Murray and Tua and I don't have a third. Like my, <laughs> my number three is like, you know, it's either Sam Howell or Sam Darnold. Yeah. So, um You know, and I've talked about the framework of a deal for Baker Mayfield from a guy who's got a glut of quarterbacks. This is this is what we're talking about. This is what you want to avoid. You don't want to have to be the guy dealing for Baker Mayfield because you have to have him right. Like Boggs, I I think I could get him for Kadarius Tony. Would you trade Kadarius Tony for Baker Mayfield? Yeah, super flex. I would. Yeah, it's kind of the cost. I don't want to, but but you have to because it's it's scarcity. Yeah, it's the cost of doing business in a super flex league, man. It just is. Yeah, it sucks. But like you said, that is that's the cost of doing business, and that's why you take extras at the end. You take Willis. Even like Mason Rudolph has made himself a little bit of money here uh, in this preseason. So, uh, you know, Trubisky and Pickett, you know, guys like this, 
you got to think about swooping up after the thought after, you know, because a lot of people, they get their two QBs and then they go, all right, I'll take a third one. When I take a third one, they don't think about it again. So it's number one, it's smart for you to even ask the question or be thinking about it. And number two, hoard those QBs and you can trade them for a King's ransom. I've done it in every league. Uh, I have 16 man leagues where I, I do the same thing. It's not a super flex. It's a regular league, but that's 16. Everybody gets two. That's 32 starters. Everybody gets two. And then what are you doing with the Seahawks and the Falcons and the Panthers and the Steelers? Like these teams that might be playing musical chairs at QB. So hoard them in those leagues, uh, the deeper leagues as well. Scarcity of position RPV, as our boy Joe would say, um, Ross says, are you happy with the dynasty startup of Pitts, Diggs, Pitts, AJ Brown, or Diggs, AJ Brown? I have the 12th pick in a 12 team. So what do you think about, uh, these combos here, Fitzy? I'm guessing it's one QB. Uh, right. Right. It, I, so, it has to be. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I like Pitts, Diggs. I think probably my favorite is Pitts, AJ Brown there. Maybe yeah. like Brown a little more than Diggs and Dynasty. It's close. Uh, I like the the two Pitts combinations. I'm less excited about the Diggs Brown combination. Maybe it's just I don't know. It's uh, like Diggs is Diggs. Like we're not worried about Diggs aging out just yet. You know, he's just hitting his later twenties. So like Diggs has got a, a pretty solid three or four year window before we start worrying about age with him. Um, but I just. Uh, I'm, I'm would you so, consider an RB? Would you consider like Javante uh, yeah. over a guy like Diggs, something like that? I think I'd rather do that if a Javante or, uh, you know, a um, DeAndre Swift or uh, maybe even Barkley uh, f- fell back to you at that spot. Uh, I think I, I would probably rather have the QB than go wide receiver, wide receiver. Yeah, that's kind of it. And generally it's it's weird. It's almost counterintuitive, Boggs, but like in Dynasty, I almost am more running back centric in startups than I am in like redraft. Um I know like he's probably got a three wide receiver league, which is why he's thinking about that wide receiver, wide receiver start. And you should have strong wide receivers, but like in a dynasty startup, man, they're like, you know, wide receivers I could get excited about going deep, deep, deep into the draft, but they run out pretty quick at running back. So I almost want to get one of those guys at the top and then, you know, just keep hitting on wide receivers kind of throughout the first 10, 12, 14 rounds, you know? Yeah, yeah, exactly. So uh, let me ask you about this because we talked about this off air and we had, we didn't say it on air. You said to me the other day, it's a fallacy that a wide receiver is deep. Uh, you're not really buying into it. Now, is that just for redraft or is that a dynasty perspective as well? Because if it is in dynasty, I think, I think we got a fight on our hands. Cause I'm going to fight you on that one. To some extent. I mean, in dynasty, like there's always the, the youth you can um, look toward hope for, but like generally, the thing is, if you're playing in a league where you got to start three bogs, you know, you might have mm-hmm. Jarvis Landry. Oh, look, you know, I can get Jarvis Landry at wide receiver 60. Wide receiver is so deep. Do okay. you really want to be starting Jarvis Landry as your third wide out every week? Like, hell no, man. There's just no, no ceiling there. So, well, um, it, it becomes and, and it's funny because we have the same thing going on in baseball. And I know you play a little bit of fantasy baseball as well, where it's like, you know, because any guy can hit 20 homers, you can't take a donut for speed. 
You know what I mean? Like you have to have a a player that hits homers at every position because it's an arms race. Now it's kind of like that at wide receiver too. It almost, because the, the market is so saturated, you have to keep pace with everyone because they're drafting these good wide receivers. So I'll say it's a fallacy that you, you know, you can't take, you can skip the first five rounds without taking a wide receiver. I don't want to go that deep. Uh, but I'd say I like that strategy way more than going the first five rounds with the other positions. You yeah. Know? I mean, that's, that's just it. Like if you, if you're one of these people who likes to go running back, running back, running back, like get your third one and, and flex like a good third running back. I mean, you're going to get just crushed. You are going to get squashed at the wide receiver position, especially if you have to start three of them. That, that's I think you can still hit it right, but but you have to guess right. That's the thing. Good luck, it man. Is, it, yeah, it's it's a minefield. Like, for me, that's guys like Juju. You know, Juju is going too late. Even in your dynasty drafts, he's probably going to be going too late as well. I think Olave is going a little bit too late. I'm still in on Garrett Wilson. I don't care about the depth chart in week one. I care about the depth chart at the end of the year. And I think by week three or four, Garrett Wilson is your number two wide receiver for the Jets, you know. Will they have a decent quarterback or will it be the elite Joe Flacco throwing? That's a big question. So I just want to make sure we, we talked about that because that's been crawling around. It's been an earwig, uh, you know, for a couple of weeks since I had you on ITL and you kind of mentioned that as you were leaving, I was like, well, wait, what, what, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to have to bring that up with Fitz again. So I'm glad uh, we got it on the show here. Um, all right. So did we answer Ross's? We got Ross's question. Okay. The last question here is from our guy, Joe. He says, I'm in a 12-team startup Superflex. A lot of startup Superflexes going on. Picking first overall, should I try to trade up into uh, the early second round to make sure I get a second top QB? If so, what should I be willing to give up? What do you think, Fitzy? Is that too expensive, or do you think that's something that you should be at least looking for? I know what the price is for trades like this, Boggs. It's really expensive. You're going to give up a, a net loss for sure as fa- far as the value of your draft picks. Uh, let, let me ask you this one. I think you're probably right. But if you gave up your second round pick this year and your first round pick in 2023 with a good draft class and a draft class that is deep at QB, is that something you'd be willing to do? Or do you just think, nope. hey, it's just way too cost prohibitive? Oh, I'm not giving up my first rounders in 2023 for anything bogs. I like that okay. class way too much. I don't want to be what, kicking what about myself this? for missing the chance to draft Bijan Robinson. Are you kidding me? Yeah, look, I, I'm with you. you. You know me. It's all Bijan Robinson. Uh, maybe not in Superflex, but maybe even in Superflex. We'll see. But uh, what if the only three position non QBs to go in the first round are Chase Jefferson and JT? Like it's just like glut of QBs going there. Are you willing to trade up? Let's say Lance or Lawrence is there. Will you be willing to trade, do that deal? You do a one next year and a two, and you're going to get Lance or Lawrence, uh, but you're going to be shut out of that first round next season. Yeah. Well, I'm like when you take what the other guy's going to charge you in addition to those picks, like they're also going to be uh, a sacrifice of picks in this startup draft. Like okay. I guarantee you, you are giving up like net value with this trade. Like, yeah. yes, you get the two quarterbacks. You don't have that, but you're going to be way behind. I think at the other positions because of what you're giving up in a deal like this, it's, it's just how the market is, man. I've seen it in way too many startup drafts. Um, I would say, wait, and maybe, you know, you can possibly get Justin Fields at the end of the second round, you know, 
or yeah. like later in that, like get your uh get your number one QB, and then later on, like in the uh Mac Jones, Derek Carr, like you don't have to go one two right off the bat with quarterback. Like I'd rather see him. I'd rather see Joe just like you know get that uh get Josh Allen at one oh one, and then uh you know get yourself something else at like just play it patiently. Um, if you don't like the quarterback value, if Justin Fields isn't there at, at 212 and 301, take two non-quarterbacks and then uh, come back. You know, you might have yeah. Mac, Mac Jones sitting there for you by the time it gets back to you at the end of the fourth. Also, like if there's a specific guy that you have in mind that you want, right? And you can just say, hey, look, um, I'm going to wait if he goes before pick six in the second round. It's just going to be too much to move there and, and to to do it. But if you're getting like you're at pick six, that guy's still there. Maybe then you jump in and you go, hey, you know, I, I want to move up six spots to take a player here. I'll give you my next pick and then a second next year. And you're like, all you're doing is moving back six spots. You know, maybe you're not going to be able to talk him into it, something like that. But if like that guy is still on the board and he keeps slipping and slipping and slipping. If you don't get him in three picks, you're going to be pissed. So what I'd say is at least keep an open mind to make the deal. Like making the deal way ahead of time, isn't even guaranteeing you that that guy that you want is going to be there, you know? So what I would say is watch the board as the draft is happening. And if you're doing a live draft instead of a, a slow draft, which most people at right now, are doing slow drafts, but if you're drafting this weekend or, you know, later in the week, just set up those guys that are four or five picks in front of you and say, Hey, look, I might have a deal for you, uh, come the second round. And, you know, if, if you're waiting for your guy, you go to him and you say, Hey, we talked about a potential deal. I got something to offer you. And you say, what about this? Whatever it is, you know, maybe you guys have worked on it ahead of time. You don't have to tell them who you want, but you say, look, I'm very specific. I want a certain player here. I'm not going to tell you who it is because I want them to fall. And, you know, if they keep sliding down that board a little bit, maybe it's way less cost. Maybe it's, you know, a third round pick. If you're only moving up two spots, maybe it's a second round pick. If you're only moving up five or six spots, maybe it's just like we're swipping, we're flipping picks here. We're, we're, trading our seconds and I'm giving you a 10 and I take your 15, something like that. Like, you know, just, just keep an open mind with that. If there is a specific one player that you want, I'd like to think it would be that reasonable that you could do that, but like, I, it doesn't I always work. Yeah, I know. No one's I, like, I don't think anyone's dropping back five or six spots that early with that much talent on the board for just a second next year. I think they want like a second plus like your fourth round pick for their eighth or something like that. Or they're and, just going to say, no, I want a first rounder in which case you just, yeah. like, you know, well, I would rather do that deal and, though, that that fourth and the eighth, I would rather do that deal than give up that first still. So, you know, like you said, most people are unreasonable and most trades don't get done because people are unreasonable and they have to feel like they've won. So and if they know that you're desperate for something, maybe they won't give you that deal. But, um, you know, you never know is what I would say. So it never hurts to ask. You can always ask. And if what's the, the worst thing that they can say is no. 
or, you know, record it and embarrass you on, on the internet or something. I don't know what, but, uh, most cases, the worst they can say is no. So at least ask, and, you know, you also open yourself as a person that makes deals. If you make a deal that early in a startup. So, uh, any other points to make here before we go Fitzy, uh, you know, a lot of great questions. Thank you everyone that submitted them. And if we didn't get to yours, we apologize, but these are some great questions that we had here. Yeah, thanks to all our question askers. Uh, great dozen questions. And, uh, you know, hopefully we help people. I don't know <laughs> if we did, but uh, hopefully at least a couple of these people got something uh, useful out of our conversation bogs. Fitzy, we have one show left, and we're going to have uh, the great Thor Nystrom on to discuss this 2023 uh, NFL draft class for fantasy purposes. And uh, it's going to be a fun one, but I'm sad that we only have one more show left to do. We're going to, we're going to shelve it for the regular season. Uh, Dynasty questions can still be asked to us and we'll still be on stages and around and things like that. I'm going to be on Wednesdays with Pisa Pia after our IDP show recording uh, moving forward. We're going to be doing our stages after dark, but uh Fitz, uh, you know, one more show to go. How are you feeling? I'm feeling good, Boggs. I mean, I'm gonna I'm gonna miss seeing you on a weekly basis. <laughs> I know we're gonna be talking on Slack, texting. Uh, you know, I'm sure we'll be texting during college football games oh, this, yeah. this fall. But, um, dude, I'm just so excited about next week's show, man. I mean, yeah. the, the 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 mega class of 2023, and we're gonna be talking about it with the god of love in college football, Thor Nystrom. <laughs> like, I can't wait, man, and like. Dude, I'm just so excited. I was uh, I was talking to Cody Carpentier in in uh, Canton at the Fantasy Football Expo, and Cody's you know a great prospect guy too. And like we were talking, he's really excited about Will Levis. Yeah, like, Will um, Levis, the weirdo that puts mayonnaise in his coffee. Right, big old dollop man. And I and like, <laughs> I mean, between the mayonnaise and the coffee, and like my my flashbacks to Tim Couch going, uh, you know, one oh one. Like I can't. I don't know how, how I can get down with the Kentucky quarterback, but man, I mean, Cody was making a very compelling case. So I'll be it's interested the Josh to Allen see skill set, man. Yeah. And like, you know, Richardson of Florida, like I can't wait to see how Thor has these quarterbacks stacked up. I can't wait to hear his uh, take on Bijan. I can't wait to hear how he's got this top tier of, uh, you know, like who's Why behind not? Jackson and Jig, but if, if maybe, Jackson and Jigba isn't even the number one in his book. Maybe it's, it's Kayshawn Boutte or someone like that. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Like, I'm just really excited to get into this class a little and preview it. And I know like dynasty people are so excess, uh, obsessive. They're like yeah. already in the next year's draft, man. So uh, breaking yeah, it all yeah. down with Thor and with you is going to be a blast. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. So look forward to that next week. Remember, you can follow us on Twitter at Bogman Sports for myself at Fitz underscore FF. Fitzy, what's coming up for you this week other than our uh, our podcast with Thor uh, next Tuesday? Yeah, that uh, new episode of Fits on Fantasy is coming out this week. And, uh, you know, just keep hitting Fantasy Pros for new articles every day. We are, are not going to let you down in the heart of draft season. We're going to have just tons of new stuff coming at you for the next two weeks. Well, pretty much the next four or five months, Bogman, but um, especially the next couple of weeks as you're doing your drafts. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, uh, Welsh and I just had the incomparable Bob Harris of Football Diehards, the original Football Diehard, on our uh, ITL show. So that was a lot of fun to talk with him about sleepers. Um, obviously, this show I'm going to be on with Joe doing IDPs on a week-to-week basis during the season as well. I'm also going to have a betting pro show with the incomparable Thor Nystrom as well. So that's going to be fun. We're starting that this week because it's week zero this weekend, Fitz. It is, We've man. got 10 games uh, somewhere in that range to, to talk about this week. So college football is upon us. So we are right at uh, the door knocking here. So, um, you know, a lot going on. Just remember, follow us on Twitter at Bogman Sports at Fitz underscore FF. And we will see you guys next week. Take it easy, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Fantasy Pros Dynasty Football Podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Fantasy Pros and subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com slash fantasy pros. I'm Diosa. And I'm Mala. We are the creators of Locatora Radio, a radiophonic novella, which is a fancy way of saying a, a podcast. podcast. Welcome to Locatora Radio Season 9. Love, Love at first, first listen. listen. We're older, we're wiser, and we're podcasting through a new decade of our lives. This season, we're falling in love with podcasting all over again. And getting to the heart of our stories. We're going places we've never gone before, and we're bringing you along with us. With new segments, correspondence, and a brand new sound. Season 9 is kicking off with an intimate interview with Grammy Award-winning singer-songwriter Natalia Laforcade. What's giving you hope right now? Well, when I see See what music does to people. It gives me a lot of hope. If you liked Locatora before, you're going to love Season 9. Subscribe to our show and you'll see why Locatora is your prima's favorite podcast. Listen to Locatora Radio as part of the Michael Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. MTV's official Challenge podcast is back for another season. And so are we. I'm Tori Deal. And I'm Anissa Ferreira. The wait is over, guys. All Stars 4 is finally here. And this season takes it to a whole new level. Old school legends, modern power players, and ex-lovers are all competing in Cape Town, South Africa for the prize of $300,000. And we're going to be right here along with you fans covering every episode on the podcast. Listen to MTV's official challenge podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Carol G. Juan Gabriel. Christina Aguilera. What do these three have in common? You mean apart from impeccable style, chart-topping canciones, and drama? Facts, yes, all of the above are correct, but most importantly, they're some of the biggest Latin icons in the world. And they're just a few of the game-changing Latin stars we're covering in Becoming an Icon Season 2. Listen to Becoming an Icon on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.